Hey there, Sooners Nation. Welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Coming up on today's show, we got to talk about what the interim coordinators had to say about the Alamo Bowl. A couple Sooners mentioned their futures and what's the recruiting future for the Oklahoma Sooners under the new administration. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation? Welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas wherever you spent it with family and friends. Hope it was a safe holiday for you. And up on today's show, we got to talk about what Brian Odom and Kale Gundy had to say to the media when they spoke in their media availability ahead of the Alamo Bowl. And we're also going to talk about a couple of Sooners who mentioned their futures, as well as what's the future of Oklahoma's uh, recruiting under the new administration. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Also go to YouTube, subscribe to the show there, Locked On Sooners, up over a thousand subscribers now in just over just about two months. We've been on, on YouTube for just a couple months now. So the show is growing. Thank you so much to all of you who have supported the show in its short time on the YouTube side of things. And those of you who've been a part of the show for the last year and a half since I've taken over in uh, September of 2020, man, it's been a long ride, but grateful to be here and thankful to be talking Oklahoma football with you and athletics as well. But first, let's talk about what Kale Gundy and Brian Odom had to say. And first of all, I got to give a, a big shout out to Brian Odom and the rest of the coaching staff who came back to coach the Sooners in the in the Alamo Bowl. They didn't have to do that. You know, they had new jobs. They they weren't guaranteed anything, but they did what they thought was going to be good for the student athlete, good for the players. And in a time where you know coaches often leave on a whim, you know, they, they go and chase a better opportunity somewhere. It's good to see these guys getting the opportunity to come back and finish what they started as well, because, you know, it, it's a hard job being an assistant coach. Uh, I got a, I got a buddy who's a neighbor who, um, you know, he, he's bounced around a few different places, um, coaching high school football and, uh, you know, also some at the JUCO level as well. And it, it's just a hard life as an assistant coach. You're, you're in one spot one year and the, a, coaching change happens with the head coach and then all of a sudden you're off to a new place uh, because your job is just is not very secure and so you know I, I think most people understand that Brian Odom, Jamar Kane, Calvin Thibodeau, Dennis Simmons these guys they they weren't guaranteed anything under a new administration and so they had to you know find new opportunities and so I think most people understand like why Brian Odom went to USC why Jamar Kane went to USC it it just makes sense. They're following their defensive coordinator out there who followed his head coach. So it's just kind of a trickle down effect. You understand that, but you got to give a ton of respect to them being willing to come back and help coach in the bowl. You know, Brian Odom, he's an Oklahoma guy played at Oklahoma, Calvin Thibodeau. He is as well. Jamar and Kane, he's not, but has, you know, at least enough respect for Bob Stoops and for the, the university to come and just help get them through the bowl game. Uh, we're seeing a ton of attrition right now at the bowl level with a lot of bowl cancellations, players testing positive for COVID health concerns across the country as Omicron continues to, to rise and the rates rise there. And so any amount of COVID positives for the Oklahoma Sooners football program amongst the coaches would have devastated this, this group. 
because the new coaches aren't really plugged in fully onboarded yet with the program. I mean, they're onboarded, they're with the program, but they're, they haven't taken really taken the reins of coaching through the Alamo bowl. And so first let's just talk about, um, you know, what, what Kale Gundy had to say, you know, Kale Gundy was asked, you know, if he had reached out to anybody to talk about, um, calling plays before. And, um, he said he didn't, you know, he, he was, you know, unlike Brian Odom who kind of reached out to a lot of folks. Um, he said it, it was his goal to just kind of keep things the way they were going. Um, where did he said, Oh, so he was asked if he had stopped, if he had talked to anybody, he said, I did not. Uh, he said it, he, it's his job. Um, to just kind of keep things the way they were, keep them comfortable and not try to change the offense. But he said, I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of great offensive minds here since I've been at Oklahoma. I've seen and studied a lot of coaches, how they've called plays and how they've ran their offense. And we've had a lot of success here. So I've learned a lot from those guys. And that's true. I mean, Mike Leach, uh, Josh Heupel, Lincoln Riley, a lot of really, really good offensive coordinators. And so, you know, you glean a lot when you sit back and you watch. Um, And so you know, he, he took the approach that like, I've learned a lot and I can, I can do it. Uh, Brian Odom, he took a different approach. He said he reached out to a lot of the guys kind of in his circle of influence who have coached defenses for a long time. And he's gotten advice from them on how to call a defense. And I think what's going to be really, really interesting going into this Alamo bowl game is the mechanisms of calling the offense, calling the defense and how those work and how efficiently those work is there going to be clear communication between the coaching staff and the players? Is there going to be, are there going to be in any of those like situations where they're having difficulty understanding what the play call is? And so the play clock runs down, they're having to burn a timeout or they have a delay game penalty on the defensive side. Are, are we running into situations where there's too many men on the field, not enough men on the field? That's going to be one of the key elements of this game because communication continuity and chemistry is huge between a play caller and either his quarterback on the offensive side of the football or his you know, starting linebacker, whoever, whoever relays the signals on the defensive side of the football, whoever communicates the defense. You know, I know, you know Pat Fields, Deller, and Turner, you know, they do a lot of that for the secondary. You're going to have Deshaun White doing a lot of that for the linebackers in the front four. But how well that, those play calls and the schemes get communicated between the coaching staff and the players is going to be very important to how successful the Oklahoma Sooners are in the Alamo Bowl against the Oregon Ducks. Um, Communication is key and there's very little time to get a play call right on the offensive side. It's very important to have strong chemistry with Caleb Williams because you want to get him into a rhythm. You don't want a disjointed play call or a disjointed series that is, that has a communication disconnect if they're having, if they have any kind of trouble getting the play call in, it's going to slow things down offensively, and it's going to take your quarterback out of the rhythm that he's in. So, again, that's one of the one of the more interesting elements of this game that's going to be fun to watch or interesting to watch. And Oregon's going to be dealing with the same thing because they've had a whole coaching change as well. They got interim coaches that are taking over, and so they'll have some of that that they'll have to deal with as well. You know, new play callers on offense and defense, and so. 
it's just going to, it's going to be interesting. You know, hopefully they get to the game. I mean, there's bowl games that are dropping off left and right right now. Uh, teams that are pulling out because of, you know, health concerns. So hopefully they get to play the game. Um, and then I want to give a big shout out to the pride of Oklahoma. They're down there at the river rally ahead of the game on, on Wednesday and having this big pep rally on the river walk down there in San Antonio and the Oregon ducks marching band. A lot of them were unable to fly in from Eugene, Oregon. If you follow the weather up there at all, you've seen that there's a lot of snow on the ground in Oregon right now, making it probably very difficult to fly out. So because they were limited on the number of marching band participants they had for their part of the pep rally in Oregon, members of the pride of Oklahoma stepped in to help kind of supplement what they had going on on the boat. And it, if you you know look at Joe Castiglione on Twitter at all, such a great video. He really, you know, it just captures the, the essence of kind of, the best parts of athletics is what Joe Castiglione called it. And yeah, you just love to see, you love to see, you know, one, one group of people stepping in to help another in any walk of life. But you know, you look at, I look back at like my siblings, my siblings were all in marching band and the thing that kind of resonates with resonated with them during their time in marching band was just the community of support that came from the marching band community whether it was competition or on your own team or on your own band, there was just this level of kind of support and connected connectivity because everybody was in marching band together. And so it's just really cool to kind of see that play out um, as the two teams get ready to play a football game that, uh, yeah, that they were, that they're there to help, excuse me, that they're there to support the Oregon ducks. And so it's a lot of fun on that front and, I think it's just going to make for a great atmosphere and a great environment uh, come Wednesday night when the two teams lock up. But coming up next, let's talk about what Marvin Mims and Woody Washington had to say about their futures. And uh, yeah, what's coming. I mean, are we going to, are we going to, how soon after the bowl game are we going to get something from Caleb Williams? And then we got a question uh, in the YouTube replies. I think it's from a USC fan that wanted to know what Oklahoma's recruiting future is going to be like um, under, under Brent Venables. But first, let me talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They're 100% covered in real chocolate. And they're the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and really maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar helps you stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good you want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can taste chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, I've had some of those. Those are not very good. Or it's so healthy that it just tastes like earth. Uh, that's not what you get with Built Bar. Built Bar, you get real chocolate and real flavor. And most bars contain 130 to 180 calories, four or five grams of protein, or sorry, four or five grams of sugar, and anywhere from 15 to 18 grams of protein. I mean, you're getting a lot of protein with very low carbs, low sugar, and low calories. So you can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your next order over at Built.com. So Woody Washington and Marvin Mims over the last couple of days were asked about their futures with the Oklahoma program because that's really the, the, the thing that is hot and heavy right now. I mean, recruiting's huge. The bowl game takes, takes uh, some of the news cycle. But what's going to happen to these guys in the future is also going to be very, very fascinating to watch because we've already seen four guys opt out to, of the bowl game to go play in the NFL. Brian Osamoa, Nick Bonito, Deshaun, sorry, not Deshaun White. Uh, Perrin Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas have all opted out. Several more guys that could be heading to the NFL as well 
after the bowl game. You know, we've talked about Kennedy Brooks at one point in time. Uh, Michael Thomas is another guy that might – Michael Thomas. Michael Woods, I got fantasy football on the brain. Michael Thomas for the New Orleans Saints, who hasn't even played all year. But Michael Woods uh, could also be going to the NFL as well. And so there's a lot of interesting moving parts that, that we'll dis- discover. And so, you know, uh, Woody Washington was asked if he was going to be there. And he said, I, I, I want to be here. I want to be with the Oklahoma Sooners. And so he's planning on it. Um, he's coming back to play at OU next season. He's a redshirt sophomore. Um, so I don't think there's any concerns of him transferring out. And he said, you know, he's like, Coach Venables is kind of like Coach Stoops. His resume speaks for itself. He did a great job at Clemson, a great job while he was here at Oklahoma the previous time. And, and I agree with him. I think Woody Washington will thrive. Uh, in a Brent Venables coach scheme because uh, they're going to get a lot of, they're going to really work to get a lot of pressure. They're going to play a little bit more man on the outside, play with more intensity and more pressure. And I think that really works in Woody Washington's favor. This isn't a guy that you want to have just kind of laying back and playing a lot of zone. You want him playing man because he's a competitive player who's very athletic and is able to get his hands on the football quite a bit. So I'd like to see Woody Washington in in that role. Uh, Marvin Mims. He said he'd definitely like to be back. He says, I definitely want to be here. I haven't made that much of a decision yet, but I still want to be here. I'm pretty sure that everyone playing in this bowl game still wants to be here too. Wink, wink, Caleb Williams. But there have been some departures to go to other schools and stuff like that. But me being here, I definitely want to be in the Crimson and Cream next season. I find his comments a little bit more interesting because then he goes on to say, but this game Wednesday night, I'm excited for the guys that we still have here, my class and the class below me. I feel like depending on how we perform on Wednesday, it's definitely going to play into the decision that, that they do next season. So what, uh, Marvin Mims' discussion is, is a little more interesting, that, especially that part where he says, depending on how we perform on Wednesday, the way we've been practicing, it's definitely going to play into the decision that they make next season. So what is he talking about? I mean, there were several instances this past season where uh, Alex Grinch took exception to the way that the Oklahoma Sooners were practicing. There were several times that Lincoln Riley kind of took shots at, at the way Oklahoma was practicing. Alex Grinch even went out to say, went on to say like, our guys just don't value practice. I mean, that's, that's pretty pointed from a head co- or from a coordinator or a coach that your team just doesn't like to practice. And so could Woody Washington be, you know, like, is there something, you know, if they don't play well, like they don't give a great effort. Is that going to lead some guys to be like, forget this, we're moving on? You know, what's practice been like this week? I don't know. We, I mean, I haven't been down there to practice, but I mean, there's definitely, there was definitely something, there's definitely something to that. Like why would the Alamo Bowl be what decides whether or not guys come back to play for OU or transfer somewhere else or go to the NFL draft? To me, that part doesn't make sense. Only Marvin Mims really knows what he means by that. I mean, he wants to be at Oklahoma, but he says he hasn't made a decision yet. I think a lot of that's going to ride on what happens with Caleb Williams. We've talked about it plenty on this show that we think Caleb Williams is coming back. Anything could happen. There's still the possibility that he goes to USC as the people, the USC fans in the YouTube comment section would love to uh, constantly reiterate that Caleb Williams went to Oklahoma to play for Caleb, to play for Lincoln Riley. And yeah, that's a fair, fair um, discussion point. But things are things change. Lincoln Riley is no longer here. Caleb Williams and his family have made 
that are home here. That doesn't mean that he'll stay. That doesn't mean that they'll stay, but it does mean that he's connected now. He's not just a, a high school kid coming in like Malachi Nelson, who, you know, was committed to Oklahoma. Now he's going to USC. He never really spent time in Norman. Didn't he didn't grow roots in Norman. Caleb Williams has roots now. He's got relationships in Norman. That doesn't mean he'll stay, but I think there's just a lot of things that have me leaning toward he is staying, like Theo Weiss. Theo Weiss is coming back where it was, you know, he was in the transfer portal and then decided to stay. I mean, to me, that's a little bit of smoke. Like, why would he decide to stay unless he felt like the quarterback situation at Oklahoma was resolved and he felt really good about it? But again, only Caleb Williams knows, only Caleb Williams' family knows what we, you know, what we have to say about it, speculation. But I do find it interesting that Marvin Mims thinks that how Wednesday night goes in the Alamo Bowl will determine how, what decisions some of these guys make as far as their future. It'll be fascinating to find out, and I don't think it'll take long for us to start getting some of the, the tweet announcements that somebody's entered the transfer portal or is heading to the NFL draft. It won't take but a few days after that start getting some of those announcements, but it's, it's going to be fascinating. I'm looking forward to the Alamo bowl. You know, I know I've talked about it on the show where it's, it's kind of a glorified exhibition game. It doesn't mean a ton, but it's going to mean a ton as far as preparation for 2022. And it's going to be mean a lot for just the way this program finishes the season a 2021. That's been such a roller coaster ride of emotions, whether it was all the close games that they played in, the, the loss to Baylor bouncing back against Iowa State and the loss to Oklahoma State and then the way Lincoln Riley left. It just created a whole whole bunch of emotions this season that, you know, a big win um, against a solid Oregon team in the Alamo Bowl would really put a nice bow on what was otherwise um, a very uh, – it was a disappointing season, but more than that, it was just kind of a – a very frustrating season at times where this team didn't always play as good as they could have. Excuse me. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Alamo bowl. I think it's going to be a great game. I think Oregon's going to come out ready to play as well. It's going to be two teams that I think are vested in this game, as opposed to last year where Florida tried everything they could to say that they weren't interested in this football game. But Coming up next, let's talk about the future of recruiting under uh, Brent Venables. had a great question posed by, I believe, a USC fan in the reply. So if you've got questions that you'd like me to address here on the Locked on Sooners podcast, we'd love to hear them. Uh, make sure you just let me know that you've sent it there uh, in the YouTube section or over on uh, Twitter at Locked on Sooners, Gmail, Locked on Sooners at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. But first, let me talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. They got you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for you right now at BetOnline, where the game starts. And here we are. So, got a question, and I think some of it is kind of being 
sarcastic a little bit, but from Daniel Blitzer, who, you know, looking at his replies, he generally wants to talk about Caleb Williams and the USC situation and all that. So he says, how do you think OU will do now that Riley has locked down recruiting in California and Sarkeesian and Fisher in Texas? Do you think Venables will be able to turn his future 2023 and future classes? um, Will they be able to excel with a bunch of three-star players? Uh, first, I don't want to completely reject the premise of the question, but I do want to reject, reject several premises. First of all, that Steve Sarkeesian or Jimbo Fisher have Texas locked down for recruiting. That's false. Nobody has, nobody does that, you know, Texas might be the kind of number one brand in the state, but that doesn't mean all the kids want to go play for Texas. Alabama does just fine recruiting in Texas. Georgia just does does just fine recruiting in Texas. Oklahoma does just fine re- recruiting in Texas. Look at the most recent recruiting battle between Oklahoma and Texas. Four-star linebacker Kobe McKenzie was committed to Oklahoma. Decommitted, went to Texas. Got to meet with Brent Venables and some of the coaches. Decommitted from Texas, came back to Oklahoma. So four-star guy. Already a big win for Brent Venables getting one out of Texas. Uh, you look at the 2023 class, DeAndre Moore. He was a guy that played in Las Vegas, transferred to Los Alamitos to play for Malachi Nelson and or play with Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon. Malachi and Makai, they flip their commitments to USC to follow Lincoln Riley. DeAndre Moore, he tweets out, I'm still 100% committed to Oklahoma and DeMarco Murray. So a West Coast kid, Four-star guy, I believe. No, maybe five-star guy. Um, Can't remember now. But a really highly rated wide receiver prospect who for all, you know, had all the reason to go to USC to play with Lincoln Riley, decides to stay home or decides to stay committed to Oklahoma. Uh, A fast-rising interior offensive lineman, Joshua Bates, out of Colorado, still committed to Oklahoma. Gavin Sawchuk, highly rated running back out of Colorado, still committed to Oklahoma. These are West Coast guys. I mean, Colorado's Rocky Mountain, but I mean, that's the West. DeMarco Murray is a really, really strong recruiter, and he's able to make inroads out West. Uh, they just recently offered um, a cornerback out of San Diego, and now his name is, I'm blanking on his name, but a four star guy who was committed to Oregon and then decommitted after the coaching change there. Um, and his name was. Jaleel Florence, sorry, it's late at night recording. But, I mean, they're, able, they're, they're in on that one. Uh, the thing that Brent Venables is opening up for the Oklahoma Sooners isn't just necessarily like Texas, California, but it's the Southeast as well. He's making a lot of inroads in Florida right now. Oh, and I, I failed to mention the quarterback that they got out of Flower Mound, Nick Evers, a four-star guy out of Flower Mound. I mean, that's a, that's a commitment that matters. But you look at what he's doing in Florida, you know, he already has several guys, Jaden Gibson, four-star wide receiver out of Florida. So this assumption that the recruiting classes are going to take a step back is pretty much a false premise. They did take a step back in the you know week after Lincoln Riley left. They dropped from number seven in 247 sports recruiting rankings to 27th. But in the time since Brent Venables has been back, been the head coach and leading and what the 
offensive you know, the the offensive assistants and Bob Suits have done on the recruiting trail, they've been able to salvage the class and bring it and recover the class. Really, not just salvage it, but recover the class to now being a top ten recruiting class. So to me, that indicates that Brent Venables, Jeff Levy, the offensive assistants are going to do a great job recruiting. On the defensive side, you got a guy like Miguel Chavis who is a pretty strong recruiter, it looks like, who is going to help them to continue to make inroads in the Southeast. Brent Venables, he knows Texas. He knows Oklahoma, Kansas. He knows the Southeast. They're going to be fine on the recruiting trail. So while I appreciate that Lincoln Riley is going to have an advantage out West because a lot of kids are going to want to play for USC, not every kid's going to want to play for USC, just like not every kid in Texas wants to play for Texas and Texas A&M. I mean, that's just the reality. Like, even before, you know, like, yes, Lincoln Riley is going to raise the standard and he's going to raise the profile of USC uh, to, to be back in the national picture, maybe, assuming he's going to. So more kids will want to go play there. But again, not every kid will end up there. Not every five-star is going to end up at USC. A lot of them will still want to go to Bama because Bama has got a track record for not just winning, but also getting guys to the NFL level. The comparison is not even close. Even you look at Oklahoma's track record of getting guys to the NFL, even you look at it compared to like what Brent Venables did at Clemson, it doesn't like Brent Venables has three times as many top 100 draft picks over the last decade as Oklahoma did in that same time period. That's five times. Like Oklahoma had one first round draft pick in the time that Brent Venables was away. Oklahoma or Clemson at Clemson, he had five first round draft picks in that same time period. So I think like this idea that all of a sudden Oklahoma can't recruit California. I feel like that's a falsity. Brent Venables is going to be out there recruiting defensive guys and they're going to want to play for a guy with the, the resume that he has three national championships, a bevy of top 10 defenses in college football, some excellent, first round draft or excellent draft picks going on to the NFL and playing well and having success. So while Lincoln Riley is going to have the advantage on the offensive side of the football, I don't necessarily think it's going to be such a clear cut advantage that Brent Venables can't make up for it on the defensive side of the football, but that remains to be seen. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because recruiting's never finished. We got a little over a month until national signing day. So a lot of dominoes still to fall. And Oklahoma is still very much in on interior offensive lineman Devon Campbell, who potentially is an Oklahoma lean. Just kind of remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see where he where he ends up. But um, this is going to be it's going to be a, a fascinating couple of years. Oklahoma and USC will get in on several recruiting battles. Jaleel Florence, the the cornerback I mentioned earlier out of San Diego, USC's offered him. Oklahoma's offered him. We'll see where he ends up. We'll see where he lands. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in and making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. It is free and available on every podcast platform. Podcast platform. Sound like I was from Jersey for there for a second. Also free and available over on YouTube. So make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. And until tomorrow, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner. <laughs>